Yo, what is up to fans? So, we got a special treat for y'all. By we, I mean me, because schedules and stuff didn't really work out, but I decided to get on here and just say, screw it. I need to give the two fans a UFC, proper UFC podcast. So I am flying solo today. So please forgive me. And if you're like, oh, David, you suck. I don't even like hearing you on the regular podcast. Then sorry. But, you know, shit just happens, life and whatnot. And I, 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 it was on the whim, off the cuff. I just decided to hop on here and give you guys something, just something, you know, it doesn't, doesn't have to be much, but the thing is I've never done this by myself. Probably don't know if I ever will, you know, I always got my boys by my side and like I said, last minute decision. And also the only thing is I, I just... I just told myself I need to summon my inner uh, T-Mill real deal. Shout out T-Mill, uh, Tyler Milner. When I listen to his stuff, he he's so good at this. I was just like, man, if I could be half of what he is by myself, I think I'll be all right. But it's either going to go two ways. I feel like it's either going to go really good because I, I don't have anybody hyping me up or it's going to go really bad because I don't have somebody to stop me. Um, but nonetheless, two fans, if you're listening this far and you're actually just listening to me, man, you crazy, but let's do this. You know what I mean? Let's get it. So obviously we're here to talk about UFC 273 this past weekend. Um, it was a very, I guess in my eyes, in my opinion, very hyped. Um, I was so excited for this card and I was kind of upset that Jacksonville got another great card again, but you know, maybe, maybe Houston will get one of that magnitude one of these years, but nonetheless, it was so exciting that Mia had her ring dunk the night of. And so once everybody kind of went to sleep at 2 AM after all the festivities were done, I popped on the main card and watched the fights. So I stayed up till four-ish in the morning watching these fights. Kind of felt like, uh, I bet similar to, I always see memes on Twitter and stuff about the UK uh, UFC followers that always have to stay up very late in the wee hours of the morning to watch the UFC. And so that's what that kind of reminded me of. And there goes the pesky train, of course, except now that I'm by myself, I don't have somebody else to talk and me mute my mic while the train is passing by. But, you know, it's all part of the part of the charm here at Sliced Apples. But back to what I was saying. 273, the main event is the featherweight championship fight against Alexander Volkanovsky and Chan Sung Jung. Sorry if I mispronounced that. The Korean zombie. Everybody knows him as Korean zombie. Originally, this fight was supposed to be Volkanovsky versus. Um, why am I drawing a blank? We all know the best is blessed. 
Max Holloway. It was supposed to be their how many fight their fourth fight. They've had so many fights already. It's just maybe it's their third. Actually, it's their third. I'm I'm tripping. It's their third. But literally, they announced it. Maybe one not max two days later, Max Holloway pulled out because of an injury, and then went to sc- scrambling for replacements. And the Korean Zombie was the one that ended up with the fight. Fast forward, April 9th. I really thought coming into this that people were sleeping on the Korean Zombie. You know, uh, he was working, he had been working in this camp with uh, Triple C, Henry Cejudo. It worked well for Davison Figueredo against Brandon Moreno on their last fight. So I was thinking, you know, maybe you could help the Korean Zombie, you know, but you had all the cliches. This is the best camp I ever had, whatnot. Yeah, it didn't really help the Korean Zombie because he just got, I mean, it. I'm surprised that fight went four rounds because Volk was putting on a clinic, an absolute clinic. I mean, 138 significant strikes to Korean zombies 48 it's it, it wasn't even it wasn't it wasn't even a competitive title fight and I'm not saying that to crap on the Korean zombie I'm more saying that just because I, I it, it just opened my eyes Volkanovsky is by far the he is the best featherweight in the division right now i mean by by far and after what i saw him do against the korean zombie just this past few fights his past title defenses i don't know what max holloway has for him i always felt like max holloway once max holloway he's been improving after that fight with calvin cater and yair rodriguez he, he could he could get the the title back from Volk but I don't know man Volk just has a bag full of tricks and he can do anything and everything I know y'all saw him survive that mounted guillotine from T-City Brian Ortega no one escapes that no one it's it's just mind-boggling and I can't believe I couldn't see it this whole time and it wasn't until I watched him just annihilate the Korean zombie. Just it, it wasn't even close. Um, I saw people on Twitter talking about how the translator omitted how the Korean zombie said that he's not fighting. He realized he's not fighting for championships anymore. Something of that nature. Essentially, like he don't he don't. He doesn't even know if he's going to fight again. And, dude, Volkanovski is that guy. I think, I'm about to pull up the pound-for-pound ranking shortly, but if he's not number two at least, there's something wrong. There is absolutely something wrong. I think with if he could beat Max Holloway one more time and convincingly this time I might put him over 
Kamaru Usman for number one pound for pound. I, it's just how do you how do you not? Um, it, it, he he's just how do you beat this guy? I I just I don't know. Um, you guys, if you got any insight on how to beat Volkanovski, how any of these fighters can beat Volkanovski, then please enlighten the opposition. Enlighten me, and then maybe go enlighten the opposition because it's it's I, I don't see him going down. And he mentioned about moving, watching the lightweight title fight against. Uh, Charles Oliveira versus Justin Gaethje, which is going to be next month, May 7th. Pumped for that. Um, so who knows? He, I, I could definitely see him as a double champ, 100%. I mean, this guy used to fight at heavyweight in the start of his career. So you know this guy's crazy. You know this guy's insane. He's not tapping. He's not giving up. Dude's 24-1 and one in his career. And... I, I just don't see anybody taking him down, which is crazy because the featherweight division is hailed as the best division in the UFC. But Volk is the king of the kings. It, it, it's it's insane. Volkanovski finished him off. TKO the fourth round, 45 seconds into the fourth round. Um, just absolutely dom- dominating and so impressive uh, can't I hope he does a quick turnaround I doubt he took any damage does a quick turnaround and we get to see him again hopefully against Max Holloway one more time who doesn't want to see that that's just they could run that back so many times who knows but Volkanovski your featherweight champ and still Moving on to the controversial co-main event, the Bantamweight title fight. Aljamain Sterling versus Peter Yan. I, Peter, Peter Yan, it's like Petr, Petr, but that's a lot to say, so I'm just going to call him Peter, sorry. But, this fight went the, went the distance, and Aljamain Sterling, surprisingly, beat Peter Yan by split decision, 48-47, 48-47, and 47-48. So one judge gave Peter Yan three rounds to two, whereas the other two gave Sterling three rounds to two. Um, this was this was an interesting fight when I was watching it. Um, first of all, I, I've never seen a fight like this in which uh, second and third round, Aljamain Sterling definitely won. Um, took was able to take control of Peter Yan's back and just have him there, control him for at least two and a half minutes plus. I know for the second round was about three plus minutes. Uh, third round was about two and a half plus minutes. So had him, totally got him. And so two and three, give it to Sterling. You can even mention a little bit 10-8 round on the second round. Maybe, maybe not. But in my opinion, 
No, just because Aljamain had the control and controlled his back most of the time. But there was no, uh, ooh, ah, ee, like just pure, just utter domination of like just causing damage and havoc on Peter Yan. Then you can go to the fourth and fifth round. I don't know what happened with Sterling. He got tired. Peter Yan finally just got it together on the takedown defenses. I don't know. But essentially, fourth and fifth round outright, Peter Yan won them. Hands down. No, no, no competition, no back and forth. That's it. Peter Yan won four, four and five. So you got this fight in which one guy, Sterling, wins two and three. Peter Yan wins four and five. And it comes down to the first round. Essentially, this fight comes down to the first round. In which these two championship fighters are feeling each other out. Feeling each other out. And that's that's just tough. That's tough for me. That's a tough pill to swallow. Mainly probably just because I'm a Peter Young guy. I, I like Peter Young. I wanted him to win. And... You, you don't think in the first round of the fight when you're doing a filling out process, when you're trying to see what's going on, get, get in the rhythm, you don't really think, wow, this is the round that is going to determine the whole fight. But yeah, here we are. Because two judges gave Aljamain Sterling round one. One judge gave Peter Yan round one, which is what ended up with Sterling Retaining the belt on a split decision. Now, watching in the moment, I had Peter Yan win in the first round. But, y'all, two fans, you know me. I'm biased. I I wanted Peter Yan to win, so he looked good to me. He looked like he won that first round to me. But I haven't rewatched the fight with... I guess unbiased eyes, clear eyes, kind of uh, knowing how the outcome came out. So because I refuse to believe that Sterling won that first round. I mean, credit to Sterling. He did in rounds one, two, and three, essentially. He did what he needed to do, especially in rounds two and three, taking his back. Now, Peter Yan, Peter Yan, from what I saw, he... He, his takedown defenses on those two rounds were just, I, 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 I'm just not sure if it was the right, right way to go. Cause the way he was scrambling essentially led to Sterling taking his back. Now, if Peter Yan was getting taken down and if toward, not just, not accept the takedown, but you can only defend for so long and then you got to know, okay, he's taking me down. And once that happens, I think it's a different story. If he just pops guard, it's a totally different story, totally different fight. Maybe he's even able to get up, but from him trying to scramble 
and roll, Aljamain was able to take the back. And Aljamain's too good. He's too good on the ground for you to try to just weasel your way out, out of his takedowns. Granted, Sterling was 2 for 22 on the takedown. So, ultimately, Jan did defend 20 of those takedowns. But the 2 was 1 in round one takedown in round two, one takedown in round three. And that's all it took for those two rounds. Because Peter Yan never got back up. And so the thing was, on those other 20 takedown defenses, you could see him sprawl correctly. He, he did everything that was supposed to do by the book. On those two takedowns, on his scramble... Instead of accepting guard, he scrambled, which essentially led to Sterling being able to take his back and what caused this whole, just, it, it, it was the, uh, what, how this fight played out. You could just see it already. And it, it, it's honestly mind-boggling. I really thought Peter Yan would do a better job if Sterling were to take him to the ground. Um, little did I think Aljamain Sterling would be able to, in those two rounds, have his back so easily. But that just shows you guys there's there's levels to this. Especially on the ground game. There are levels. And that's why I love this sport. There are levels to this shit. And the fact that some of these guys... These championship caliber fighters are able to hold their own, not only on the feet, but when they get on the ground with a top tier jujitsu specialist or wrestling guy, they're able to hold their own and come out with the dub. You, you can't, there's, 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 you can't say anything bad about that man because there, there's levels to this game. And Sterling showed that. He, his grappling, his wrestling is on a very high level. Now, Peter Yan did a very good job of not getting submitted on the rear naked choke because, I mean, it was probably over five minutes of, you know, Aljamain ultimately ended up with eight minutes and 31 seconds of control time. Most of that was having Peter Yan's back. So the fact that Peter Yan was able to even be down there that long with him and not get submitted kudos to him but ultimately he lost the fight I think um, Peter Yan he's one top ranked fight away from getting back into the title picture um, from what it sounds like the next title fight will be Sterling versus TJ Dillashaw which I'm not I'm already kind of not big of a fan with Sterling and TJ Dillashaw he's kind of uh, eh eh just because of that last fight I felt like uh, his last fight with Corey Sanhagen I really felt like Sanhagen should have won that but either way Sanhagen had his opportunity against Peter Yan um, in the interim title fight which very, very good fight. So I'm looking at the the standings right now, the rankings. And yeah, I, I mean, 
it's clear it's Sterling versus TJ Dillashaw. I mean, it. it I mean, there, there's no no one else really. You got Peter Yan number one, Dillashaw number two, Jose Aldo number three, Sanhagen number four, Rob Font number five, and so. Other than Sterling Dillashaw, I think Aldo would be next in line. But I personally feel like Aldo needs maybe one more win. Um, I would like to see either... Actually, I don't want to see Aldo versus Peter Jan again. Because that was very bad last time. But I don't know. Maybe we do... uh, I, I don't even know. This this is a uh, this is why I'm not a matchmaker. This is tough. But Aljamain Sterling versus T.J. Dillashaw definitely has to be the next title shot title fight. I think you do maybe Sanhagen versus Rob Font number four versus number five. Mm. Uh, I just don't know what you do with Peter Yan. You know maybe Marab. Um. You know kind of a his way of getting revenge because. Marab is Sterling's teammate. But, I mean, ultimately, every every fight on here is going to be great. You still got Dom Cruz, number 7. Uh, Sean O'Malley, number 13. And, you know, Marlon Vera, Cheeto Vera, number 8. There's plenty of things you can do. The Bantamweight division is, is great. And let's not forget about... Um, or Houston, Houston's own uh, Adrian Yanez. I think he should be in the top 15, but that's just me. You know, H-Town hold it down. So, let's get to the people's main event. The people's main event. Gilbert Burns versus Hamzat Shemaev in the absolute fight. I'm going to lock it in. This is a lock in April. I'm locking it in. 2022 fight of the year, Gilbert Burns versus Hamzat Shemaev. I don't think we'll ever see a greater fight. I mean, the only way this fight... The, y'all thought the Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler fight was awesome and fun and great to watch? Man. Gilbert Burns versus Hamzat Shemaev. And I'm going to tell y'all right now, ha, not Hamzat, but Gilbert Burns had won, has won... So much respect. So much respect. I expected Hamzat. I mean, I knew he would take probably more than one significant strike. But I still expected Hamzat to, you know, do his thing. Smash. Smash this guy. But Gilbert Burns said, mm-mm, mm-mm. I'm the number two. Well, he's not number two anymore, but he was the number two. He said, I'm the number two ranked contender, welterweight contender for a reason. And he showed that. He absolutely showed that. This fight was absolutely crazy. Um, you know, you look at the significant strikes. 119, Gilbert Burns, 108, Hamzat Shemaev. These two guys were just battling it they're they're like justin gaethje said they were they were they were gladiators or in the wrong time they should have been gladiators just fighting each other to the death because that's that's the kind of fight this was gilbert burns like i said showed me a lot he showed me why he's the number two guy if anything he barely 
barely lost this fight in the third round. Barely. Um, Hamzat Shmaev. This guy. Like Dana White said, who do you, who what newcomer do you have that fights two or three guys and then jumps to the number two ranked contender and beats him in that fashion? It doesn't happen. Hamzat is one of a kind. He's special. But we found out he's human. He's human too. He's not this unbeatable God that he, this aura that he had around him. But Hamzat Shemaev is a beast though. He is, he is something else. I don't know. I want to see Hamzat versus Kobe Covington because honestly, I want Kobe Covington to get his ass beat. Apologies, but I do. And I really think Hamzat Shemaev beats him because I honestly think Gilbert Burns beats Kobe Covington. I mean, that's just my opinion, but Gilbert Burns, Gilbert Burns is that guy. I mean, he showed us he is that guy. He's not scared. He took on the 11th rank guy. Not everybody does that. I know Leon Edwards was supposed to late last year or whenever it was, but ultimately Gilbert Burns did and they put on one hell of a show. I I just I'm still I I don't have the words to describe how amazing that fight was. And you know, Hamzat Shemaev ultimately got the unanimous unanimous decision 29-28 from all three judges. Um first round went to Hamzat, Gilbert came alive in that second round and then third round was just back and forth who wants it the most and I, that's that's just something I, I i can't be down i can't be against um gilbert burns he moved down to the number four spot hamzat shamaya moved up to the number three you got leon edwards at number two and kobe covington still at number one i want to see kobe covington actually fight some real dudes um i want to see him fight hamzat I'll see him fight Gilbert Burns. Just somebody real, man. I'm tired. I'm tired of this guy just, you know, bullying guys that aren't in their prime, I guess you could say. Ultimately, the king is Kamaru Usman. So I believe Usman versus Leon Edwards will be the next fight, um, next title fight. I expect Usman to do his thing. This will be their second fight. They actually fought... I want to say in 2016, maybe 2015, somewhere around that time. But it was uh, it was a long time ago. They were both young, younger, but excited for that title fight. Um, I think Ham- I personally think Hamzat still needs one more fight to get to the title. Like I said, Kobe Covington. Um, but I doubt Covington takes that on just because. Come on, dude. Covington don't want that smoke. You don't want to get smashed. And yeah, man. So people's main event was great. Just some other notable fights on uh, from UFC 273. Mackenzie Dern defeats Tisha Torres in a split decision. 29-28, 28-29, 29-28. Let's go, Mackenzie Dern. Um, 12 and two now. She's she's 
she's about two fights, probably two win, two good wins away from getting a crack at the title shot. She did this uh, very interesting, uh, very interesting thing, which I, I was really excited to see during the fight when it happened. But they were up in the ga- Dern and Torres were up against the cage, and Dern kind of jumped up like pulling guard, except. Uh, I wouldn't even say like pulling guard, but she jumped up like a backpack, but it wasn't a backpack because it was in the front. You know how when you turn your backpack around and have it in the front, that's kind of what she did to Tisha Torres trying to pull uh, Kimura while there was while she was on her standing. And it just led to this grappling exchange and something I've really honestly never seen before. And when I say there's levels, that's the kind of stuff that I mean, um, there's just levels and you see something new with these people, Mackenzie Dern, we all know black belt, ultra black belt, jujitsu specialist. Um, that was crazy to see, uh, these two girls battled it, battled it out. It was a great fight. Great to see, uh, my girl, Mackenzie Dern, wink, wink, get the dub. And, um, Ian Gary, the future, beat beat Weeks, unanimous unanimous decision as well. Um, another notable fight, uh, Olenek defeated defeated Vandera with the sub on a scarf hold. Shit was crazy. If y'all haven't seen a scarf hold, it's 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 literally some shit only Olenek could do. He he's he's an old guy. I think he was forty. He's forty three, but old dog got old tricks and none of these new dogs know how to defend against those old tricks so yeah guys i mean time kind of flew i forgot i was on here solo it's probably just because i don't know man it's just it, ufc it's an exciting time to be a ufc fan there's there's a lot of great fights coming up we even have um fight night april 16th Vicente Luque versus Muhammad, Bilal Muhammad 2 as the main event. You guys got to watch it. Vicente Luque, let me tell you guys, Vicente Luque is the man. Right now he's sitting at number 5 in the welterweight rankings. This guy is the man. And he's on a four-fight win streak right now. All of those all of those wins from finishes, two knockouts, TKOs, and two Darsh chokes sub- submissions. He always brings the fight. It's always exciting. I mean, this dude's only, I believe, 30. He just, he's 30 years old, barely 30, turning 31 later this year. And he's been in the UFC for forever, it seems like. But he's on that four-fight win streak. I think this is it. I think this is his title push. And I'm excited to see it. Vicente Luque, he always... Always brings it, like I said, Bilal Muhammad. He's been on a little, a little bit of a tear too. He's twenty and three. He's been under the radar up until his last couple of fights, but Bilal Muhammad's always game. And they fought each other before. I think it was in twenty sixteen when the first fight happened, where uh, I believe uh, Vicente Luque knocked out Muhammad. But twenty sixteen is twenty twenty two. That was six years ago. Two completely different fighters, 
They're both in their prime at the top of their game. I'm telling you guys, do not miss this main event. You will regret it. Um, something will happen. Something crazy will happen. I expect, fully, fully expect Vicente Luque to get the dub. Um, even finish. Because uh, that's just what he does. He, he, he finishes these fights. Thing is, too, Vicente Luque, if I'm correct, in the UFC has not been finished either. Um, so this guy's got the chin. He's got, he's got it all. He's got the bag full of tricks. He can go on the ground. I mean, geez, he submitted, uh, Chiesa in his last fight with a Darsh choke. Who submits Michael Chiesa? You, you just don't, you don't do that. And so that's something to look out for this weekend, two fans, but I'm tired of talking so much. I don't really like to talk this much, even though it may seem like it on the other podcast episodes. But if you made it this far, thank you for listening, because uh, you, you and me, we dogs. We, we're, we're cool. Y'all hit my line up. Y'all DM me, whatever, at Cowboy Canela um, on Twitter, at David underscore Canela on Twitter. I mean Twitter. On Instagram, my bad boys, and then uh, you you always know where you can catch sliced apples at sliced apples pod on Twitter on at sliced apples podcast on Instagram, YouTube, everywhere else, and we will see you next time. Woohoo!